is up, listeners? Welcome to Ringmasters Podcast, Central Michigan Life's exclusive wrestling podcast where we talk about all things in and out of the ring WWE. I am host Grant LaFave, and I am joined as always by Jamison Galloway. Jamison, we got a lot of big news to talk about this week. Why don't you start we us do. off? We do. It was uh, it was a great week for wrestling. Um, Goldberg has returned after being away for over a decade, and this exceeded my expectations. Him coming back, I didn't I didn't know how everybody was going to react. I didn't know how the crowd would react, but the Denver crowd was awesome. They ate it up. They were uh, they appreciated him, and he deserved it. And uh, he loved that emotional Goldberg. He was emotional. Um, you could tell he was really happy to be back. Had his family there. I didn't get the the uh, Colorado governor thing. I didn't really understand why that was a big deal. That he was like a big Goldberg mark or something or what, but. Uh, all, all, all around, I loved it. I thought it was great. He, he, he had a great promo. Um, Brock Lesnar's next. Uh, he accepted the challenge. And uh, I guess now we just have to wait and see what kind of shape he's in. That's, that's next. Yeah, I mean, he started off in about the best possible way because he showed up on Raw, and it was immediately the best part of the show. Yep. And spiked viewership, actually. Uh, viewership went up way high in the third hour, uh, higher than it's normally been. So it's great to have him back. I like that they're taking a really logical, totally reasonable step with the character and having him be a dad who wants to stand up to Brock Lesnar, which is so great because this is a different Goldberg, but I have a feeling he's going to bring a lot of the same intensity. He was clearly fired up, ready to be there, uh, ready to delve into this story that they're going to pay off at Survivor Series, it looks like. Yes, yes. That uh, Yeah, he was definitely fired up. I think he dropped a couple F-bombs like in the first one minute of him being out there. Uh, that was pretty funny, but um, yeah, it was good to see him back. He uh, the sparks, sparks flying, breathing in the smoke, breathing out smoke. That was uh, brought back memories. That was uh, fun to see. I see you like glowing. Normally, when we start <laughs> talking about Raw, you just wait until we get to the Seth Rollins part of the. But you're glowing right away when we're talking about Raw because Goldberg's here. This is the effect of the things like this have when you do a big return and you at least start off on the right foot, you get people excited. This is how you sell a pay-per-view. I mean, not that they're really focused on doing that anymore, but this is how you start to sell shows like that. So I was hugely happy, even though I didn't grow up as much with Goldberg. um, I was just really, really excited about this. You know, and I I was sort of skeptical when we started talking about this. I wasn't sure it would live up to the hype, but now now they've convinced me. So I am so excited to see what happens next week when Brock Brock Lesnar returns to Raw and confronts him. It's it's exciting. It's exciting time uh, for wrestling fans, and uh, yeah, Goldberg's gonna bring bring in some viewers. Maybe some viewers that uh, haven't been watching the, the the current product. That's always good for WWE. Get some new eyes on there, and uh, I'm excited, man. I, I wish Survivor Series was this Sunday. Yeah, and you like this is so strange because we were talking about this. We don't have a pay per view to cover no. this week. How crazy is that? It's so strange because it feels like every episode we either do predictions or a recap. And now that they've started announcing stuff for the next two pay-per-views, we just want them to get here right now. This is <laughs> this is how it should be. Like, don't don't kill us with every week or every other week pay-per-views. Like, just get us excited about stuff that matters. You know? Right. Yeah. These. Uh, I think that's something they need to focus on doing more. Is is get us to want to watch a that pay-per-view. I feel like in the past with No Mercy or Battleground or whatever pay-per-view it is, it's just it's it's overwhelming with how much how much pay-per-view action there is. It's tough to get excited for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, this is the type of environment you want to create when wrestling fans are now optimistic about something because we are the most cynical group of fans. I don't want to say ever, but we, you know, pretty cynical, pretty skeptical of our product. 
in case you haven't been listening to this podcast for the past seven weeks, we're pretty skeptical of the product sometimes. But, yeah. I mean, hey, you come out, you start things on a reasonable note that makes sense and uh, flows with the logic of the, the story that you want to tell. And, honestly, this is probably going to be a really exciting couple weeks for that. So, I am finally excited for the most, quote-unquote, important thing on the card. It's usually always the undercard stuff that gets me interested, but I'm actually excited in this big marquee match, even though I didn't really enjoy WrestleMania 20 as much. Right. But uh, I, I think they can more than redeem it. So Yeah, they, they hit the first stage out of the park with uh, Goldberg's return. We'll see what Brock Lesnar uh, and, and Heyman have to say next week. I'm sure that's going to be great as well. It's just all about the payoff. Is, is the match going to be good? How are these guys going to be able to work in the ring? And we're going to find out. It's such a big question, and there's so much more working against it now almost than there was. Because back, you know, when WrestleMania 20 happened, it was the concern was that they're both leaving. Yep. And now the concern isn't necessarily that because Brock Lesnar isn't around, but we don't know what's happening with Goldberg next. Um, he did say Lesnar was last. He's next and last. So that made me think that this is going to be his last match. That's true, but, you know, Sting was in and out for a long time, too. Not for a long time, but for a little while. Until he wrestled a terrible match with Triple H, and then Seth Rollins hurt him. But uh, Seth Rollins ended his career. Yeah, but uh, not to dwell on that too much, because we actually like, we really like Sting, too. But, um, yeah, this is just something that I'm hugely interested in, and I think that if they can overcome uh, the problems uh, that I think are going to be inherent to this. And, Jameson, you can list any one of these, but the problems I've been seeing is Lesnar is pretty complacent. He doesn't want to do anything except for suplexes. He's not really interested in putting on a good match unless it's a triple threat. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. I'm really, that's, that's the thing. This is why this match is so compelling is how is this going to be? Like you said, Lesnar's pretty much just uh, stabled himself to only suplexes. That's what his matches were. And Goldberg's knock when he wrestled was he couldn't have a long 20-minute match. He destroyed people, kind of like Lesnar does, in a quick five to seven minutes, and the match was over, maybe less than that. Yeah, if that. If that. And uh, so it uh, that's another point to this match why I have no idea what, how it's going to be, what kind of match it's going to be, how these guys are going to be able to work. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure, I mean, Goldberg is probably not going to win this match, I would assume. Um, I mean, Les- they put Lesnar on that pedestal that, of, of pretty much unbeatable. I don't think they're going to have the 49-year-old Goldberg come back to beat him. I hope he does, but I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, it's compelling. Uh, I think you had, you're on to something, though, with the timing. It isn't just, you know, their age and Goldberg. You know, they posted a video of Goldberg doing mixed martial arts training, kind of like Shane McMahon did to get ready for the Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. But um, I think the factor is timing. This should be 10 or 12 minutes max of these two guys tearing apart the arena and each other and knocking down referees and breaking tables, and then it should end decisively. I would be fine with that. Yeah, this should just be a monster truck show. Yep. You know what I mean? Like That's that's <laughs> the kind analogy. of match you want to run between these two guys. So as long as they stick to that and keep the emotional uh, you know, resonance of uh, the emotional level of Goldberg uh, wanting to stand up to him and being uh, on this show that you know he hasn't been on in 12-plus years – then I think they can really do some great stuff with it. So. I would be fine with that kind of match. I, I don't. I'm interested to see if there's going to be a stipulation put to it. You know, like uh, no disqualification or no holds barred or or whatever. But um, it's going to be fun either way. And uh, just excited to see Goldberg back in the ring, man. Yeah, I I am too. So let's let's not overanalyze this too much and just enjoy what was <laughs> some quality work. 
from the uh, the production team and whoever does that entrance and Goldberg himself oh, and Heyman. And uh, great. so that's, uh, yeah, we have a lot of good things to say about that. We, you know, we're actually not going to be too cynical on something that's supposed to be good this week. <laughs> no, a lot of positivity <laughs> to start the show. Yeah. Wow. Power of positivity. It's going to get me ready for SmackDown, man. We got <laughs> to talk about a lot oh, of stuff no. there. Oh, okay. But uh, all right, so Raw, uh, we're just going to kind of go over the broad strokes of the show, just kind of talk about what stood out to us. Um, uh, so let's start out by talking about the everlasting friendship, quote unquote, between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. And they think Mick Foley's out to get him. And there's this whole almost feud between Rollins and Jericho, almost exclusively with Owens kind of being there pulling the strings. What, what, did you, what do you think about this whole direction? I like it. It was the first week that they kind of uh, really butt heads out in the ring. They Jericho was, uh, you know, he, he had some words for, for Owens. You can see that little tension. He's, he, he had to mention that they're still best friends, of course. But I like it. I like this little added... Uh, ingredient to the the, the uh, universal title pitcher it's it's and these guys are two of the best on mic um, as well as Rollins is so I'm, I'm really liking this feud a lot yeah speaking of microphones and uh, wanting Seth Rollins to be near one he had a terrible terrible insult at Chris Jericho he called him like sparkle crash <laughs> yeah. or something and that was awful <laughs> I could like literally see Vince McMahon's handwriting on Seth Rollins' arm or something, but that was terrible. But the, the you know, crowd seemed to like you know it. what? That's what I was gonna say. The crowd liked it, so I can't even get too upset because when Roman Reigns says it, we all hate it and we think it's dumb, and we'll talk about that too. But uh, with Seth Rollins, we want to cheer the guy, and we don't care if he occasionally says something dumb. That's that, what being over is. That is exactly <laughs> right, and that's the that's the Roman Reigns effect, I think, of just not liking Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So. It uh, these these guys are they're fun to listen to. I I know you're more of an in-ring uh, wrestling guy. I don't mind these talking segments, and I thought it was a good one on Monday. Oh, dude, no, I love these talking okay. segments. Like the like the Kevin Owens. I I'm I'm critical of talking segments sometimes because you know if they're not really doing anything, then why? Right. But these guys are so entertaining. Owens is good. Jericho is maybe the best he's almost ever been. Like you know, I mean, I love the uh, cold suit wearing best in the world at what I do, 2008 Jericho, but this guy is so entertaining and so great that I think that they're really making the universal title picture an interesting part of the show through this. They really are, yeah. They're, they're making it a story, and that, that's what that's what get people invested is is a good story. Uh, I was actually uh, watching, watching the beginning of Raw with uh, one of my buddies who's not a wrestling fan, and um, he, he sees Kevin Owens with the title, and he goes, this guy, this guy's the champion. I said, yeah, this guy's uh, one of the best in the business. He's probably the best on the mic, if not one of the best. And he goes, really? And then, then he watched the promo, and and uh, Owens didn't disappoint. So it's uh, he's 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 on top of his game, and and Y two J is always on top of his game. Definitely, definitely. And shout out, and one of my favorite parts of this, a serious plus one, lots of hearts drawn around it. To Chris Jericho coming a little too close to calling Kevin Owens a stupid idiot, yeah. but stopping. That was such a good little moment because the stupidity is so over right now. It is. That, that's another thing I'm glad you mentioned. When when Jericho first said stupid idiot on Monday uh, in that first segment, <laughs> my buddy who's watching it with me goes, stupid idiot. I haven't heard anybody say that since I was like in eighth grade. <laughs> and, I, and I laughed and I said, yep, uh, he, he says that a lot. And then he continued to say it and say it. And he liked it. He, he, he was uh, he was over with it as well. That's some of his catchphrases are just good. Mm-hmm. This, the, you just made the list. I love that. Everybody loves it. Chris Jericho is just 
he's fun to listen to, man. Yeah, and what's great is that you can tell it wasn't like a corporate decision that gave him that that catchphrase. You know, it's like you stupid idiot. Like he would just do it in the middle of matches because. He wanted to insult somebody, but he was too flustered and insecure to come up with anything better than that. So he just kept yelling it, and then the crowd loved it and started chanting it, and now he says it. And the list of Jericho makes a return from, like, 1999. Yep. The list of 1,001 holds or whatever? Yeah, 1,004 holds, thousand I, think, I think it was. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, that was that was beautiful, and I'm glad the miss, the, the list has a full-time roster position now. <laughs> it really does. So. It's, it's got it's it's got new font. It seems like every week it's it's a big part of the show. That clipboard just needs to get bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger and more intrusive. So that's that is great stuff. So we are really excited around here for the universal title picture. So yes. uh, and a good match too. There, I I enjoyed the match. Yeah, the the match was fine. It was uh, a, Owens watches. Uh, Jericho take a pedigree for the third straight week, and uh, that's that's interesting. You mentioned that last week that uh, he just continues to watch, and now that's part of the storyline. So, um, interested to see where they go there. Mm-hmm. How 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 is how is Chris Jericho going to be involved in this Hell in a Cell match if he is? Um, I honestly am not sure. I know. It's, um, I, I don't think it should be a triple threat. First of all, okay. I think that is probably. I don't know. I'd rather see Owens give him like a package pile driver, which was his move in the Indies, which would be so great, or a pop-up power bomb onto the ring apron, or just hurt him to get all kinds of heat because we all love Jericho. But it turns out Owens is a bigger heel than anybody thought, and takes out poor Jericho, who's so entertaining at this point. He's almost a good guy. So I think I, I I'd like to see him do that. But if they can come up with something better, I'm all for it. So what are you thinking? It's it's hard to it's hard to think about what, how they're going to use Jericho because I mean it, it's it's not going to be a triple threat match I don't think I, see I wouldn't be opposed to it. it it does take away the more you think about it it does take away from what Owens and Rollins would probably be able to do inside the cell which is put on a great match but uh, I don't know with with the with the cell being around the ring it's going to be hard for Jericho to get involved one way or another but they'll find a way I'm sure yeah. I just hope it's a, a good physical match because I guess this is as good a time to talk about this as any. Uh, we can bring it up when we talk about the uh, the women or the U.S. title too, but Hell in a Cell matches are used, I think, in the wrong way a lot. Because the idea, is, like what I always thought, you know, with like Undertaker or Kane or whoever, was that there were these guys who were so dangerous and hated each other so much that you lock them inside of a box so they can tear each other apart. And nowadays it's just sort of a normal match with maybe one or two cage spots and someone trying to escape. And escape finishes can be pulled off, but I just feel like there needs to be this fire. You know what I mean? There needs <laughs> to be this intense hatred. Like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens getting a cage match makes sense to me, right. but Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles getting a cage match doesn't. You, you know, you see, yeah. the, you see, I'm making the distinction there. I see where you're coming from there. Um, I think there's just always that factor of you don't exactly know how this is going to end. Is, is somebody gonna go outside? Is somebody gonna climb on top of the cell? I think that's what brings the the cell. That, that aura of uh, this is going to be something special. And I think that's, I, I get what you're saying there. There's a lot of the times where there's a match and the cell really doesn't play a big part, but just that factor of is this possibly going to happen? Is somebody going to jump off this thing? That, that's, that's, that's what I like about the Hell in a Cell matches. You know what? That's a good point, actually. So, the, you know what? And Seth Rollins and Owens are probably going to do some insane spots. Yes. So, you know, I'm not going to be too down on it. Um, and I guess now's as good as time as any. Do you want to talk about the women's promos this week? Let's do it. Because on, on Raw, at least. Um, the interviews? Yeah, the interviews. They did. Um, Lita did an interview with both uh, Sasha Banks and Charlotte. 
and these were good, but I thought it was the same problem. Like they're interested in making history, which is good in character, but or out of it's out of character, it's great. But in character, I I sort of want them to hate one another more, and not just say, oh, I want to make history. It's like, no, I want to murk this person inside of this cage. Like I think it should be more, you know, we should be more vitriol between them. Would you Would you think? That is a good point. I agree, and. It- it's I, I feel like Sasha brings up um, her like past relationship with Charlotte too much. Like they they were they came up together. She mentions that every week. Uh, they were friends. They they're. I don't think she should be talking about that stuff. I, I think I agree with you. There should be more hatred in this feud. Um, it is a big match. I mean, it is history. So I mean, they're obviously going to 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 talk about that a lot. But I agree, it needs to be focused more on not liking each other and try to beating the hell out of each other, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually I enjoy because I'm one of those smug people who watches NXT and always talks about how great it is. Not so much on the podcast, but um, so I'm all for character continuity because they do have a lot of it. Uh, all the four horsewomen do and the others. But uh, I really do think you're right there. Like they might want to transition that from we used to be friends and now we could not be worse enemies. You know what I mean? Like we are we hate each other so much now, even though we came up together. So if they did a little retrospective thing, like maybe if they use that differently. But I get what you're saying, though. It's and and all in all, no matter what the, they, they're saying in interviews or how their promos are doing, that these two are going to put on a spectacular match. Oh, yeah. This is going to be insane. So I. I we I can't get too bent out of shape about it because these are two of my favorite performers. Right. So, and uh, do you predict that Charlotte goes fourteen and zero on pay per view? I do. The cell? I think Charlotte's going to get the title back because it's got to it's got to take my theme of she's got to keep racking up those title title defenses or, or title wins to get her get to her father. So they're just going to keep dropping it and giving it back to her. Yeah, I mean, so I got I, I'm going to have Charlotte. We're we're making a lot of predictions here early, but we are. But we're talking about it so much, that yeah. we, can, we can't not do it. What do you think? Do you who, who's going to win? Um, I'd like to see Sasha get it because the people are so ready to see it. And as as great as Charlotte is, um, I really think that Sasha is it right now. Like they need to pull the trigger on her and give her a few months. You know what I mean? Like I think they need to because last time they gave her the title but didn't commit. But they thought she was hurt, but she wasn't hurt too bad. And then it might have been her wedding. There's this whole series of events that <laughs> Back ended, issues. yeah, that ended up having to make them redo the whole thing, uh, like recently. And uh, I, I don't think they should do that again because I think people were ready for her to be the champion. So I'm all for Charlotte getting it back, you know, at Rumble or Mania or something. But I think Sasha should hold it at least for a little while. So I would be fine with that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a Sasha Mark. I love Sasha. I'm fine with her keeping the title forever. Um, I just I don't see I, I see WWE trying to just take it and keep it and put it off and this and that and they're gonna be switching around as much as possible. But who knows? Yeah, this is how you know you have a good feud right here is when people who argue about wrestling a lot don't even really care who wins mm-hmm. so long as it's done well. <laughs> like that's like we honestly like both of these people so much that in the right context both of them can be the best. So yeah, and then and they seem to be the best. With each other, I mean, their their in ring chemistry is it's pretty amazing, and um, yep, I'm I'm really excited to watch this match. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to go over every iota of Raw because it was a lot of nothing this week, to be totally honest. But let's talk about speaking of the opposite of great. Let's talk about Dana Brooke uh, beating Bailey. Uh, I I was watching this, and 
normally I, I have to replay things when I think there's been a mistake because yep. my eye isn't that attuned to it. I'm not going to say I catch everything. I caught the same thing. But man, did you, like this was so hard not to notice that she clearly overshot, pulled Bailey through the, lo- the wrong set of ropes, first of all, and then tried to pin her with her foot under the rope, but her foot was like half a foot away from the rope. I, I thought she was trying to put her foot on the rope. I think I think she was trying to win the match with her foot on the rope just for oh, no, leverage. Oh, no, no. She was either on it or trying to get under it. Right. Either way, because both of them would have been resulted in the match getting thrown out otherwise. She was trying to do it, but she was helplessly Failed. kicking at the rope. Yeah, Dana Dana seems to have these issues um, in ring. She's, she's not fully uh, equipped yet, I guess we could say, with her in-ring ability. Um but she did, she did get the victory, and I'm sure somebody wasn't too happy with her when she uh, stepped back stage. But yeah, that was. I'm I'm surprised we both caught that. But I'm if we both caught it, I'm sure a lot of people noticed that. Yeah, that that was a tire fire of a mistake. That was <laughs> the mistake. You could have blown any other part of that, and it's all it was all about the finish because now we got to bring up that we're gonna have Byron Saxton and Corey Graves yelling about how that one time Dana Brooke beat Bailey. Yep. And Dana Brooke is just not ready for that level. Like, uh, I think Bailey is good, but I don't think she could save the match. She didn't have enough time, first of all, because it was very short. But it was just, like, I, I think she needs to go back to NXT. They called a lot of people up early, and I think she's one of them. So, Do you think Vince is just, like, standing backstage right, right at the curtain waiting for Dana Brooke to get back there and just chewing her out? Do you, you think... You, you, can you picture that? I, I can imagine somebody is. I don't even I don't even know if Vince is at TV anymore. Oh, I think he is. Yeah, no, I mean, he got an injury, so he had to take oh, a little bit off, oh. but now he's back. But I'm pretty sure uh, somebody flipped a table backstage <laughs> when this happened in catering. Like, somebody just freaked out because she completely messed it up. And this isn't the first time she's had trouble with <laughs> stuff like getting her foot on the ropes. Remember when she had to pull Charlotte's foot on the rope? Yeah. And she basically figure-foured her foot on the rope to get the referee to see it because she mistimed it and almost came in too late. But thankfully, the referee was observant and knew the finish. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out how mad uh, the, the creative team was when we see the show next week and if Dana Brooks anywhere to be found or how much time she has on TV. That'll show how, how mad they were last week. I guess so. Uh, speaking of... Uh, the, we're not going to dwell on this too long, don't worry. The WWE creative team being mad at someone. Uh, Titus O'Neil got pinned by Mark Henry this week. <laughs> yeah, Mark Henry made an appearance. We don't see him enough, I don't feel like. I love that dude. I yeah, love He's great. He is. But why don't we ever see him? It's, it's strange. Uh, I, I don't know, man. He's they, a force. Yeah, they need to treat him like that, right? But uh, yeah. Titus, I'm sorry you grabbed Vince McMahon by the arm that one time and your entire career is now in the toilet because of it. It's yeah. so it's the saddest thing in the world to watch. <laughs> it really is. It's it's a weekly saga for Titus. <laughs> it's 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 rough, and I don't I don't see. I, I hopefully didn't buy any stock for the Titus brand. As I said, I'm <laughs> yeah, the Titus brand. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's so bad in every conceivable way. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing at it because it's actual human tragedy. But I'm sorry, man. Uh, I, I, I think Titus can be good. Maybe he can get a job as a commentator because he's actually pretty good at that. So uh, There you go. Creating jobs. <laughs> yeah. The Titus brand creating jobs exactly. everywhere. It's got to do something. It's got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so we got a few other things happening on Raw. Um, we Now I figured I'd bring this up because we've been talking about it forever. 
I think since we started this podcast, Braun Strowman finally gets a storyline. Uh, and he is going up against Sami Zayn, who stood up to him because, quote, no one else would, which I thought was great. And yeah. we are all going to really appreciate Sami Zayn for kicking and dragging a match that's good out of Strowman, I think, is going to be the result of this. That was interesting. I did not expect to see uh, a Sammy come out there. That's because uh, we kind of talked last week. He was needed a reboot. He was kind of in the middle, just kind of floating along with no no real direction. And he's looks like going to take on Braun Strowman, which is interesting. This you I, I wouldn't have expected this to be the guy. And when I saw three jobbers in the ring, I'm I mean they're I'm like they're gonna just keep adding. I laughed guys. out loud, honestly. Did you? I was I said it last week. I was like, now they're gonna put him in the ring with three, and I just it was this little throwaway thing that I said, and I was like, I can't believe they actually did that. Yeah, I, I just I'm like I just want to see this guy fight an actual wrestler that's uh, uh, on the WWE level, and then Sammy came out, so we'll see we'll see how that goes. I'm, Wait, I'm, so Sin Cara is not on the WWE. I'm sorry. Level. Uh, I, I apologize, Sin Cara, if you're listening, but. Um, no, Braun needs a little bit better competition. <laughs> <But> no, <laughs> needs a little bit better competition than Sinkara. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and if there is any guy who is great to learn from, it's someone with as much experience as Sammy, with as much athleticism. And Sami Zayn is the permanent underdog, so if he loses, you can't really hurt him. He's tagging with Neville <laughs> against the former social outcast. You can't bring him down much more without making him Titus. So exactly. So he's. He's got a, he's got nowhere but up to go. Yeah, so so give both of these guys some exposures. This is what we've been saying. Take two guys who are not doing anything and put them together, put them together and see what happens. So I I foresee uh, good things from this one though. I so. agree, and it'll be it'll be I'm sure Braun will throw him around a lot, but who knows? Maybe Sammy will get lucky and get a win. Yeah, maybe so. Sammy Zayn will sell that like death. So he <laughs> oh will yeah, he do will. A wonderful job with it. So I love Sammy Zayn. But there's one more segment I really wanted to talk about, okay. and this is uh, I should have hated this as a as a supposed Smark fan. I should have hated this, but I couldn't help but love every bit of it. It is Rusev and Lana promo. Jameson, what did you think of this? I loved it. I loved meeting Rusev's family. I like, <laughs> felt like we got to know him pretty well. That was good. I was, and then I was sad. I sad to hear Roman Reigns' music hit because I wanted to just keep going. I, Rusev's a funny guy. He he was keeping it going. Lana was great. We got to meet the, the dog. Even was was in the picture. The dog's the, the, a champion too. The, yeah, the champion dog. <laughs> it was a great line. Um, and then and then Reigns spoils the 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 family gathering. Um, yeah, I I loved the segment as well. I thought it was really really good. And it seems like each week Rusev and Lana and even Reigns are are putting together some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, think about how many other superstars, like if you put Jack Swagger or Titus O'Neil or Curtis Axel in this situation, would blow it. Yeah, when I know it. Introducing yeah. what I thought was going to be a fictional family and it was just going to be this obnoxious caricature, like nationalist racist thing. But they actually appear to be his family. And he yeah. had a picture wearing a Pink Floyd shirt, which I loved. <laughs> that, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. The, really, the, that's the shirt that Rusev is wearing is Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like the biggest size they got, this yeah. dude just standing in his kitchen. That's wearing great. a Pink Floyd shirt. Pink Floyd shirt. I lost it when I saw that. I'm like, really? That's that's awesome. Yeah, Rusev is the man in real life too. He's a huge gamer. So, really? Yeah. What does he? You know what he plays? Um, I I know he was on Up Up Down Down, which uh, is Xavier Woods' yep, show. Yeah. Which is hugely interesting. Um, uh, if you want to know how awesome he is at ping pong, I think he beat Cesaro in ping pong. Who and, did? Uh, Woods. Rusev. Or? Rusev did. Well, Rusev. Yeah. Okay. There was like a playoff between them and ping pong, and it was wonderful. 
But anyway, I'd like to watch that. Check it out, man. Uh, there's a lot of content, so but you can pick and choose. Like they've got, he's gotten most people. He's got he hasn't gotten Ambrose on there because I don't think Ambrose has played a video game before. And but he's gotten most people on there, so it's just a little fun little thing. But anyway, Rusev is the man. Uh, he's so funny and he's such a baby face and nobody seems to know it because he's just this guy who's talking about how great his family is and he hates Americans because Americans will boo his mother and father. <laughs> Don't boo my mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how uh, when Reigns came out and said his, competently I'll say, with a lot of quotations, written remarks that were clearly scripted for him, yeah. looking horribly uncomfortable compared to Rusev, uh, and then uh, Rusev just said he ran his racist Samoan joke about how they're sitting around a fire. He's like, yeah. he has no idea what, who Samoans are. Right, no, yeah, he, he really didn't. Uh, but, yeah, I, I also noticed that, uh, yeah, you can tell. That's the, that's the I feel like that's the biggest problem with Reigns is on mic. You can just, he's not exactly, he's not getting it somehow. I don't know what he needs to do different and, or if he needs to go off script, just let him go out there. Maybe that's what he's doing. I don't know. But his, his mic skills aren't aren't so bar you know yeah now somebody made the made the joke and this is such a good comparison i think i read this on twitter it's like rain's cutting promos is like three kids in a trench coat standing on each other's shoulders pretending to be an adult (laughs) (laughs) there's something wrong and you might not be able to pinpoint what it is right away but you just don't believe it right yeah it's (laughs) you don't believe strange you'd think over time he would get better at that but i don't believe that (laughs) We'll see. He's still got a lot of time, so yeah. He's... And then, and then Rusev beat the piss Christ out of him, which was awesome, uh, because sometimes heels do get what they deserve. I mean, because Rusev is the greatest, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Puts him in the accolade. That was that was a beating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Overall, good feud. I, I, I like this segment. I actually want to. Uh, I want to talk about Bo Dallas real quick. Okay. Can I? For, can I get one last thing in about that? I will. Yes, I will allow that, Grant. Right, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, there. I, the funniest moment on this entire show was this whole thing because it was actually really good, and was Lana walking up, smacking Reigns, and they grabbed Rusev, grabbed her hand, and pulled her back, and she ran back, and he immediately hit him with a roundhouse <laughs> kick to the teeth. I laughed out loud because it was so well timed. It was well timed. That was that, that was good. That was from Lana's part and Rusev. Everything that worked out. That was a pretty good spot. Yeah, that was that was just this brilliant little thing that happened. So, but anyway, let's let's talk about Bo Dallas. So. Okay, Bo Dallas. I do. I, I like the new attitude. It's it's good. He turns on Curtis Axel. Um, I don't. Do you think this is going somewhere good? I have I have a suggestion for where for what. Bo Dallas should be doing next, but do you think what he's doing right now is is going to work? No. Let's hear your suggestion. <laughs> that was a quick no. <laughs> yeah. That's... Um. Why Why doesn't he join forces with his brother? Yeah. Go, right. Go to the Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. Go his to the Wyatt life brother. Yeah. Why doesn't he go to the Wyatt family? I, I feel like he he's got the attitude. They've done nothing with him. I mean, on his own, I mean, the social outcasts or whatever. I feel like he would he would thrive uh, as being a part of the Wyatt family. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all in favor of that, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah, you said Wyatt family, my heart dropped a little bit, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Um, I'm all for him being completely different because I, I don't know quite what the issue is, but Bo Dallas is good, and in NXT he was good after they pushed him the right way. Um, 
and only after that. But I, I feel like he is limited mm-hmm. in some pretty negative ways. Like he can come in there and be memorable for five minutes, but you feel like he doesn't have anything more. But that's maybe just the way they're presenting him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of get where you're coming from. It's uh, that, that's what I'm saying. So I mean, if if he were able to go somewhere, they would have done it by now. And I realize they're on different shows, but they, they, they could they could make something happen. I, I feel like that's where. Where Bo Dallas would would uh, you know would be the best is with his brother, but he's got this new attitude. He he turns on Curtis Axel, so we'll we'll see where Raw's got him going. Yeah, but no, I would be all for those two real life brothers being kayfabe brothers too, mm-hmm. because of all the fictional brotherhoods, that would make the most sense in the world. So <laughs> it would. But no, I'm I'm totally down for that. So that was Raw. Yep. We got some boring cruiserweight stuff that I don't yeah. feel like going over. No. I, yeah, I'm not. Um, Cruiserweights isn't doing it for me, but oh. I don't. We, we've got the Big E, uh, well, the Seamus Cesaro New Day stuff, which was the exact same <clears throat> as last week with their yep. uh, Cesaro and Seamus's position switched. The only thing I have to say about this is that um, Big E and Seamus were actually wrestling a very good match. They were killing one another, and mm-hmm. no one cared. Because there was too much, I mean, there's too much stuff going on outside mm-hmm. the ring. Uh, Cesaro's on, they're, they're on their phones, they're jump, New Day's jumping around. Um, yeah, Cesaro was on Facebook Live. Like, that was, the, that was the main story of the match, I felt like. Yeah, which is pretty disappointing. So, well, uh, we'll keep our eyes open for, you know, the next <laughs> development in that one. But, uh, all right, you want to talk about SmackDown? Yeah, let's go to SmackDown. <laughs> enough enough Cesaro, Sheamus. Yeah. We'll, we'll be seeing that for the next... 10 years yeah no they'll they'll finally get on the same page when we're like 80 so <laughs> i don't know so uh smackdown mm-hmm. um you weren't a fan of smackdown this week no correct? man i was i stand up for smackdown more than almost anybody else because i love it uh it's concise and focused and has good characters and there was almost none of that this week uh, it was filler like they had no idea what to do for the show and they don't have a pay-per-view immediately coming up so it seems like they just are in a holding pattern and it's the worst kind of show to watch because it's not all terrible but what's good doesn't really matter that much yeah i mean i mean yeah ellsworth james ellsworth was the biggest um character in the whole show yeah which is just interesting to me i don't that like i said i've said it before this guy has to have some connections with vince's best friend or something i don't know how this guy's getting so much run and championship matches (laughs) but good for him um, yeah, I, that last the the last segment was the the WWE Championship match. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I thought I thought Ambrose was just annoying, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't stand him. The is it just kept going and going. He's seen where it was going. I mean, I like Ambrose. We've he has been getting uh, a lot better. He's a funny guy, but I just it, it just the match didn't flow for me at all, and I was just kind of getting annoyed with the whole thing. No, uh, Ambrose blew. I thought, yeah. um, and. I will see the problem is that number one, this is literally the second week in a row that basically the same thing happened. Yep. Uh, and Raw has been doing Owens or no Rollins Jericho for like three weeks, and that hasn't gotten old yet. No, it hasn't. And at there's all. the there's the difference is that all in the way that you contextualize things. Um, but Ambrose is irritating, and the second reason and the biggest one is because he got a lot more heelish before No Mercy. He was cutting great promos on yep. Cena. They were he, good. They were yeah, good stuff. He was getting booed. The crowd was ready to boo him again because they stopped appreciating him and they started 
not really liking what he brought to the show. And so I thought, you know, he kept getting darker as a character. And that's the best Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and he was at his best there. Best since he's been in March when we thought he should have gone to main event WrestleMania with Triple H. Right. But he was he was actually growing in the right direction, and they completely undid all of it. They did. Uh, that's that's a really good point. And, and on Tuesday, he was back to just being doing a comedy act. I don't I don't think that's that's the best Dean Ambrose I, for to me anyways. Maybe the people out there enjoy it, but I didn't. No man, I didn't I didn't enjoy it either. Props to uh, AJ Styles for deciding not to give Ellsworth another Styles clash because he almost <laughs> killed him with the first one. Yep, he did. He took a nasty super kick. Styles did though from 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 Ellsworth for a second there. That was great. That was <laughs> he, he got a little bit of offense in there. That was uh, the, the crowd was actually into that one. They were. When, it, when Ellsworth was making his move, that was uh, pretty hype. But all, all in all, uh, AJ Styles does get disqualified, so technically loses but keeps the title. Yeah, and the, and the other thing with Dean Ambrose is that this match, people were cheering Ellsworth, but they knew how they knew he was, wasn't walking out of the championship. Right. And AJ was acting his butt off the whole time, just trying to sell this ridiculous situation. Yeah, and, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, and that, that's what it was. It was just... Um, dumpster fire and they uh what was i even gonna say and ambrose he was not standing up for ellsworth like last week he was using ellsworth to get to him but now he was just helping beat him up and it made him come across as just as a jerk who doesn't care right in a bad way yep so that was my that was the other thing that made it feel weird for me so yeah uh i'm sure we're gonna get more Ellsworth, I don't think he's going anywhere, but we'll probably be seeing this next week as well. Hopefully, a little less comedy from from Ambrose and a little more uh, fired up. I want Ambrose to get calf crushered so hard that he <laughs> loses his memory and becomes John Moxley, or and becomes his indie self, like okay. his darker character. Where he goes back to Shield Ambrose. A lot of indie refer- references today. Yeah, I was, I've been, I've been, I was watching some stuff over the weekend. Okay. So, yeah, I mean. You know. I've seen some old uh, like photos and stuff of Ambrose. He had some weird gimmicks. It seems like back in the day. Now he was a he was a psychopath. Is yeah. his character? Um, you know, John Moxley uh, wrestled almost everywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what brought him to the party. Really, was just being this guy who's good at doing promos and good at working character work into matches. So let's let him do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a similar problem in NXT that they had with uh, Andrade Cien Alma. You don't watch NXT, but... I do not. I'm sorry, I don't have enough time to watch another wrestling show. uh, I I completely (laughs) understand, but there's this guy who... um, Andrade Cien Almas was this former luchador who's really good, but he's dead in the water as a face, so they turn him heel, and now he's instantly hugely interesting and hateable. So it's like... This works, you know what I mean? So Yeah, I've heard, I mean, all I hear is nothing but good things about NXT. I, I probably should should tune in now and then. But um, what do you think about uh, the, 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 the Randy Orton and Bray story God, this man. week? Uh, I liked that it wasn't six segments <laughs> and 40% of the show. That's, good. That's a good point. Um, I, liked, well, I liked the idea of an Orton-Harper match because that probably would have been good. Um, 
I, I didn't like almost anything about this. No? Honestly. Didn't just, like the casket? No, I didn't like the casket. Didn't like Kane coming out of the casket. It's the whole thing was dead for me. Jameson, I, how did you feel about this? I disagree. Oh, man. I liked the casket. It brought a, it brought a new uh, feel to the match. It was, uh, it was part of the match. And Kane magically appears in the casket. What's better than that? That's that's good stuff. I loved it. It reminded me of uh, for old Kane a little bit, and it got some uh, destruction in there. It was I, I actually didn't mind this segment. I thought it was uh, it was a, it was a decent story told there. And, and I'm, I'm assuming I'm going to go out on a limb. Is this the next Orton and Bray match going to be a casket match, or is this just a one week deal? Man, I don't know. I want this feud to be over so bad. <laughs> you you don't care either way. I so don't care, and it's sad because. I like any of these four guys in the right circumstances, you know what I mean? Like, I love Luke Harper, Wyatt, everybody likes uh, Orton. Orton was looked like, and this isn't a serious accusation, this is just like a not-so-clever metaphor. He looked like he was on painkillers out there. He looked like half asleep. He looked like me watching this, like barely interested in what was Like, when he cut that promo before the match, like, he, he was barely into it. Like, he knows how dumb it was like and Kane was into it he did what he could you know yeah. what I mean like he he's gonna come out there and work but I just feel like this this feud is just taking everybody nowhere so I'm, okay I don't uh, know man I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry to be so down on something that you like but it it's just, a, no, just didn't do it for me I understand the the in-ring stuff isn't the best but um I do like I mean Randy Orton and, and Bray are you know they're top of the line they're two of the best that Smackdown has and I, I like to see him watch him go. And when you bring something uh, interesting in, like the the casket, um, and then Kane appears, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was brought me back to the to the to the old WWE. You know, well, points for nostalgia. At least they did some. <laughs> at least they didn't right. have one of them get locked in a storage closet again. So <laughs> that is true. I as long as that didn't take over the whole show, then then I I'm fine with it. Yeah, as long as that doesn't happen. So all right, cool. So in other news uh, on SmackDown, Baron Corbin is now wearing a shirt. <laughs> um, not even kidding. I sort of like that because he has no reason to be shirtless. I didn't. I didn't exactly. I didn't even notice that this was a, a wardrobe change. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got the same like fake combat pants that he's always had, but he's just wearing a shirt, which is fine because he's you know he's on the wellness policy and he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't have that. Like he's a strong guy and a good athlete. Like he saves Ziggler from almost killing himself on the steps by yeah. sheer strength, but. I think the shirt is a much better look for that character, and I hope um, I'd almost rather see uh, him closer to the title picture than Ambrose at this point because well, he's you, got some upswings. So. You're taking the words right out of my mouth. I, really? No kidding. Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed him destroying Swagger, and I was gonna I was gonna come in here today and say that I think I, I want to see a Corbin push like a big push like him put him put him possibly in the title picture. Or or something bigger than he's doing now. I think I want to see Corbin uh, on the on the high level of the show. Yeah, agree. I'm, I'm ready. I think he deserves a, a big push. Yeah, I think he should. You know, challenge um, the Inter- Intercontinental Champion, challenge AJ Styles. Like he probably won't win either, and he right. probably shouldn't. Right. I don't care, but it'd be great to establish him a little bit. So this is. I feel like Corbin's a guy. I mean, he's a big dude. He's he's a, a former boxer. He's he's pretty good at promos. He can he can cut a promo. I feel like this is a guy that has a real good future in this company and could could do big things one day. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I, I I hope they don't limit him with his gimmick of looking like he barely cares because that's his character. Is yeah. he just there to beat people up? So give him a more 
you know, give them a reason to be pissed Intense, and really just yeah. go hard on somebody and like watch, watch him do drop kicks or something. Just <laughs> not even that, but just, you know, have him get more fired up. And I think everybody could benefit from that. So, yeah. So if anybody from WWE is listening, let's, let's push Corbin. Yeah. If you guys are listening, now is the time you need to start taking notes. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, cool. So, um, elsewhere on SmackDown, anything else? Is there anything else you liked on SmackDown? First um, of all? I, I I didn't mind the Carmella uh, Nikki Bella uh, little segment there the, the promo in ring I, you you didn't like it I hated it okay good agree to disagree again I like <laughs> but, it. What, yeah. what didn't you like about it everything like n- like Nikki trying to get people to shame Carmella Carmella accusing Nikki of something that everybody has already accused her of doing that is true but um I think. I, I, neither of these two girls faltered though. They were they, there was no no mess ups on Mike. When I when I see like a uh, Carmella who's still um, I mean pretty new, pretty fresh with with uh, uh, you know the 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 Raw and SmackDown version of she was good in NXT. I've heard, but um, no no no. Grant she shakes was, his head. <laughs> that was a that was a <laughs> gesture. She was okay. good, but she was not ready. But it's interesting to see uh, you know. They give her the mic. They they're gonna let her talk, and I I think she did great. And Nikki's always been good on mic, um, for the most part. So I enjoyed. It. I thought there was a, a a little bit too much John Cena reference, but she, this, those were all facts. I mean, if you're gonna, if there's something to rip Nikki about. It's I mean, she's she's with the the highest paid guy in the company. So I mean, the the gold digger reference I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, this is. I'm gonna make an outlandish comparison here, Uh-oh. and I'm gonna need you to bear with me a little bit. And okay. you too, who's listening. Uh, <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of, um, and just again, bear with me because it's gonna sound ridiculous. I've been watching a lot of network stuff uh-huh. about young Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was coming up. Nothing wrong with that. And you know, everyone talks about King of the Ring, and then the WrestleMania match, and then the match next year with Shawn Michaels, and then Mr. McMahon, and they miss a lot of important steps because. The thing that really put him on the map outside of just winning that King of the Ring tournament and being good at wrestling and everything that goes along with it is that he wanted a piece of Bret Hart. And he was Bret Hart is this laid back, do gooder, babyface, and who's already established and is a former champion, sort of like um, Nikki Bella is. Mm-hmm. And you get this hungry, younger performer who feels that they've been held back and they don't want to see any of the old guard anymore they're determined to destroy anybody above them because they hate that they've been established and hate that they're favored and i would have loved to seen something like that even as basic as that because that's a great way to introduce new talent as someone who just cannot wait and just is wants to take out nikki bella too because she knows that's the best chance she's probably going to get on smackdown so i i don't know i was hoping for something more emotional than just making fun of cena Okay, I, I, so you're, I don't know. So you're saying Carmella's not the next Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> I am saying she is not the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. But when you have person, we have someone who's new and clearly has a little bit of talent, and Steve Austin had much more. And this this is where the metaphor ends. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? Like when you have someone who's clearly can do it, but you have no direction for him, and you put him in the ring with a veteran, and you can immediately make gold out of it if you do it right so i'm just saying that they should at least attempt something like that this is getting more ridiculous the more i talk but <laughs> i get where you're coming from i i understand uh, this this is the only wrestling podcast this week that will be mentioning stone cold and carmella in the same 
same sentence, but uh, I like I like Carmella. I think she's she's also got a bright future, and um, yeah, I'm a fan. I, I'm I'm liking this feud. I like Nikki and Carmella against each other. Yeah, I mean it makes a lot of sense. Like just so long as they hit hit the right notes, uh, that um, I you know what I'm I'm all for it. There so. was no violence in this segment though. There was no. They just talked to each other and 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 Carmella walked away. A little strange, but I guess you don't you don't need to uh, don't need to hurt people every week. <laughs> this? this is a wrestling show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I wasn't. I didn't care. Well, I, I didn't really like the segment anyway, so I was all right. With it just ending, and we've seen Carmella inflict all manner of violence on Nikki for the past since SmackDown Live has started. So, but uh, yeah, no, I'm not saying Carmella is the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's <laughs> get that. Not what we're let's get that on the table right now. Okay. But I'm saying is that you use something that's worked in the past to to do it, and it's all about you know the the minutia of it. But uh, big work. Yeah, I mean it's all about the little details, and hopefully she. Uh, they get that together soon, but hopefully they do. Yeah. Did you buy a James Ellsworth T-shirt? No, but I wanted to immediately <laughs> after seeing it. <laughs> they plugged that pretty hard. Yeah. I thought about getting you one, honestly. Oh, because I know your birthday is. Yeah, birthday's yeah. coming up. Yeah, that man. That's hey, I'm, it's the thought that counts. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, I got you. I'll <laughs> I'll be sure to follow through on that. So. Right. <laughs> I hope they actually sell those, right? That's not a fake T-shirt, I'm, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, I thought All for right. sure. I'm. I'm pretty sure they they do. Yeah, awesome. I, I would I would be pretty shocked if that was a whole scam deal, dude. I am. Yeah, yeah. Like, does he get? You think he's getting royalties for that? That would be awesome if he did. I think he's got to. I mean, all the other. I know the the uh, the other wrestlers do get a percentage of the shirts that are sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for him. He probably made some money. Yeah, good for him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely gonna look into that the minute this podcast gets yep. over with. By the way. <laughs> Get Jameson's shirt. I'll write that down. Uh, all right. So, um, <laughs> so we we've been paying about as much attention to Kurt Hawkins as SmackDown oh, Live has. We've barely mentioned him. Talk about an underwhelming entrance. I thought this was awesome. Really? For all the wrong reasons. Uh, and it wasn't me just like watching it like people watch the room, just trying to be ironic about it, but. Kurt Hawkins says this lame insult, and Cruz hits him in the mouth. I love that. And then Kurt Hawkins is like a crybaby and just goes away. Uh, I honestly thought it was great because I was worried that Apollo Cruz was going to get pinned by uh, Kurt Hawkins, and that would have been a nightmare because Apollo <laughs> would, Cruz yeah. is way too good for that. <laughs> that would have not been good for Cruz. That's 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 going to Titus territory almost. But I was I was hoping I don't, I don't know I guess I didn't have any expectations for this, but. I wasn't. It, it didn't entertain me too much. This this uh, Hawkins segment. No, that was that was not great. Let's talk about something that was pretty good though. <laughs> okay. Uh, six man tag: The Miz and Spirit Squad over Slater, Rhino, and Ziggler. Uh, good ending sequence here. Uh, Miz helped Kenny get a roll up on Slater for the pin, uh, furthering the feud between those factions. Um, which is just a little good filler match. Like on, we're pretty negative, almost exclusively on SmackDown tonight. So I just wanted to say this was good work by everybody. It wasn't the most groundbreaking stuff, but it wasn't bad. No, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that they, the the Spirit Squad is is surprisingly got a pin. What, Kenny Kenny gets a pin. I was surprised to see that, but um, yeah, all all around, I I had no complaints with this match. Um, I I don't think that uh, these guys are gonna be together long. I don't think Dolph Ziggler fits well with with Slater and Rhino exactly, but. <laughs> We'll see. 
Yeah, you know, we'll see. Like, and that's the same thing with uh, Alexa Bliss and Naomi, which I liked overall. Uh, they handled the wardrobe malfunction well. Uh, that didn't they didn't make it a big issue. Um, I didn't even notice a wardrobe malfunction. I, I this this match I must have just blew over. What what? Explain the <laughs> your, explain the uh, your eyes went dead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's checking the phone time or something. What, what was the <laughs> yeah. explain the wardrobe? Malfunction. Yeah, Jameson's on ESPN over there. <laughs> exactly. Down. But I don't blame you. But uh, no, it was um, Alexa Bliss's uh, top. Had a little issue, but it wasn't a. It wasn't like the fake Ava Marie thing that they did a right. while ago. It was just like this minor thing, but they just blew past it. The announcers, like JBL, didn't scream about it. Thank God, uh, and they just ended the match like professionals. And I was like, you know what? Good job. And nice. Twisted Bliss is a great finishing move, so that's always fun. Naomi got to look super athletic, uh, which is nice, and uh, it was fine. That's the thing. SmackDown was ranged between. Bad and fine this week. There was a lot of bad stuff, and then there was a lot of stuff that was like whatever. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, not not the best SmackDown. We we usually are pretty high on SmackDown, but yeah, today's not not the case. Uh, I, I I think a lot of it has to do with was Raw Raw ended on a on a really high note, and it uh, it it boosted people's expectations. And SmackDown, you know, didn't really have anything that would ever compete with with Goldberg returning. So I think I, I think we can give him a give him a pass this week. Yeah, I I mean I've seen many many bad raws, mm-hmm. worse way worse than that SmackDown. Oh yeah, there's been in some, the last month we've seen that. Oh yeah, no, there's been some terrible raws, and this is is this the first this is the first one we've talked good about in a little while. Almost you know mostly good, right? But uh, or at least somewhat good. So I don't want to make it seem like we've been hyping it up too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean Raw has. And you look at it, I almost give the benefit of the doubt to SmackDown more because Raw has the Cruiserweights, uh, Goldberg, Lesnar, yeah. Rollins, Owens, Jericho, Zayn. They, they have such a deep roster of talent. And the women, too. Yeah. You know, Charlotte, uh, Bailey, Sasha, uh, Nia Jax is apparently gone for some reason and uh, not beating up Bailey for another reason. But uh, they have such a talent pool that. I almost want to give SmackDown the benefit of the doubt because they do more with less. But this week they they didn't really do anything with less. So all good stuff, yeah. yeah. That was that was I mean, it was a solid week and and uh and Goldberg Goldberg made it uh a, a memorable one. Yeah, and you know what? Good for him. He was the highlight of this week in wrestling for me. Oh, NXT is on in a couple minutes, Uh-oh. so we You're that may change, out. but now, the goal is probably still going to be the highlight. So. <laughs> you got some uh, out-of-the-ring news a little bit, right, about Paige and uh, Alberto Del Rio? Oh, gosh, this saga. Um, <laughs> it never ends, does it? No, it doesn't, man. Uh, they are apparently engaged. Uh, Paige proposed to him in a wrestling ring, uh, actually. Wait, um, Paige proposed to him? Yeah. Let me, yeah, that's like, interesting. Let me make sure I got that that's, right, but I'm pretty sure that's how that's it worked. And then Paige's family all spoke out, and none of them like it. That's a total power move there. Yeah. That's a total power move. Um, yeah, I mean, Alberto Del Rio is, is like half, is half her age. I mean, he's, what, she's 24, we, we found out, and he's about 40. It's a bit of an age gap there, but, uh, hopefully they, they, they work it out. Hopefully it, it uh, goes well for him. Congratulations. Yeah, to yeah it's been a month of, uh, two wellness violations, a stabbing, him owning an MMA company. Yeah. Um, her talking about surgery, WWE throwing shade back at her, TMZ doing this really phony-looking, completely not-at-all-staged interview with them, and now they're getting 
engaged and now their family like I feel so bad for these people. Yeah. It, this is insane. I don't think this is the best career move for Paige to be marrying Alberto at this time, but uh It's true love, man. You yeah, you, I, hey, you can't you can't get in the way of true love. No, I mean, you can if you're like Triple H or WWE or whoever <laughs> keeps hitting Paige with wellness policy violations, <laughs> but uh whatever. So, anyway, um now we, I, I want to confess something as a podcast, as Ringmasters, Jameson and myself, we have, you know, um, we have a little, little secret bad habit of watching the show Total Bellas, <laughs> and we were talking about this a little bit, so I yeah. figured I'd bring it up. It, it, it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, we, it, to watch Daniel Bryan in a, uncomfortable situations, he doesn't like to be on. You can just tell he he doesn't want to be on a reality show. And then John Cena's the biggest heel in the world. So his rules of living in his house are insane. Crazy. That's pretty crazy stuff. I don't know if he's if that's a work or if that's true, but yeah, he's he's got he's he's pretty strict uh, of a guy. <laughs> he's not messing around. No, man. he does not mess around at all, and that's probably why he's so successful. They spend way too much time talking about people's sex lives yeah, too on do. this show. It's they an do. uncomfortable amount of time talking is, about that it. That is one downfall uh, of the show, but. Yeah. But Daniel Bryan um, getting in clever little insults at people and laughing in his wife's face is so funny because he so doesn't want to be there. He's, Daniel Bryan is the best part of the show. Other than, I mean, I mean, the Bellas are beautiful, so that, that's a good part of the show. But uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan's hilarious. Yeah, I love him. I love Daniel Bryan. Uh, he's my favorite wrestler for a while. And uh, you know what? If if I'm just going to see him on SmackDown and this, you know what? At least I get a little bit of Daniel Bryan in my programming schedule. So Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing nothing at all wrong with that. So, uh, yeah, no, this is this is a fun little show. So we, if something happens on here that's crazy, we might do little recaps of it. I don't know. but uh, <laughs> so It's fine with me. Literally fine the first me, time man. we've talked about this. That is true. So, so uh, yeah, just bring it up on the spot. Yeah, we'll, we'll roll with it. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, do it live. Uh, <laughs> let's do it now. We'll do it live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, so let's go to a regularly scheduled part of the show. Yeah. Uh, do some uh, Ringmasters Classic. Yeah. So okay. I got one. All right. With, with, Hell in, with Hell in the Cell coming up, uh, I hope this is a match that everybody's seen. I know everybody's seen the highlights, but Mankind, who's Mick Foley, versus Undertaker at uh, Hell in a Cell in er, – no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Hell in a Cell match, King of the Ring, 1998. This this is my favorite match of all time. This is Really? Yes, by far just incredible from from what if you've watched if you haven't watched the whole thing you got to go do it just the the toll that Mick Foley takes in this match is unbelievable um just from everybody's seen him getting tossed off the side of the cage on the table comes back to the match gets thrown through the cell onto the mat gets thrown onto thumbtacks just over and over again he's just getting brutalized and it's uh yeah this is a match just go watch it Uh, it's I still can't believe it, even thinking about it right now. <laughs> that probably they're they're right when it's saying uh, that had a part in ending Mick Foley's career. Yeah, um, it completely changed the character. It was as important to his career as it was detrimental. You know what True. I mean? Like it made Mick Foley for a lot of people who didn't watch him, you know, in the other promotions or didn't follow Cactus Jack as closely, and that's how everybody remembers Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. I Thank mean, you. people always talk about the the you know the off the you know jump off the cell, falling through the cage, but there was some good stuff going on there from oh, both yeah. guys. So it's not to be taken lightly by any stretch of the imagination. No. So, so what, I got one that you got. I got one that you're gonna like. Okay, it's a Goldberg match Ooh, actually. Good. This is <clears throat> Goldberg versus DDP. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Is this Halloween Havoc. Yes, Halloween Havoc, nice. 1998. 
Great um, match. Yes. This match was awesome. You did Goldberg versus Hogan, so I figure in the spirit of being high on Goldberg, let's talk about my favorite match that I... Now, I haven't seen many of Goldberg's matches because many of them were either before my time or I wasn't a WCW guy. Like, it was mostly gone when I was watching it, Mm -hmm. but uh, when I was watching wrestling, but this was so good, and it was the first time that Goldberg really looked vulnerable, but he still looked like a killer. And it was a in the main event of one of the worst pay-per-views of all time. This is the same pay-per-view that the Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior rematch happened. And Hulk Hogan tried to do the flash paper spot and blew it. Really? Did you see that? No. Dude, I watched the, that you got to watch this. I've seen the match, but I haven't seen the whole thing. It's the match of, like, not the one I'm talking not Not the DDP one, the Hogan Warrior. is the match of the 18th century. <laughs> it is so horrible. It's a lot of slow clubbing forearms. And two dudes who are not on the wellness policy and are not also not in shape. Uh, and then Hogan tries uh, to pull this flash paper out of, you know, just like lights up, like an, it simulates an explosion. Okay. And a lighter out of his tights. And he throws it in Warrior's face and lights it, ideally. And then, but he lights, it goes off in his hands and burns him. And then Warrior sells it, even though he's on the other side of the ring, practically. <laughs> And then the match goes on, and uh, Horace Hogan comes in and hits him with hits Warrior with a chair, and then Hogan pins him so Hogan can get, can get his win back from like nine years earlier at WrestleMania. You made that sound pretty entertaining, really. Dude, it is. It's it's entertaining in the sense where you just can't believe it, because regardless about what you think of either of those guys, the expectations were higher, and everybody, even at the time, thought it sucked. Like listen to that. Go go watch that match on the network, man. I dare you. It's wonderful. <laughs> but anyway, watch this match seriously though, because this is good work. Uh, Goldberg misses a spear, goes into the ring post. Uh, DDP gets a um, diamond cutter out of the attempted jackhammer and almost pins him. He gets a two count, and uh, Goldberg does end up winning. But it's a really well wrestled match. Uh, DDP knew perfectly how to work around the Goldberg formula, and it was only like ten minutes, but it was good stuff. So I would 110% recommend this. You know what happened during that uh, match? The feed got cut. So everybody who was watching that match live on pay-per-view, the, the match got cut halfway through oh, it. Oh, that's right. And nobody saw the ending. If you are watching on TV, nobody knew who won. They just cut the feed, and they never got back to it. So everybody watching at home had no idea who won that match and never saw the ending. Uh, I believe they did get refunded, people that bought it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard, I've heard that from somewhere. But yeah, the the WCW pay per view feed just went went blank, so uh, a lot of people missed that match. Did Hogan and Warrior just erode it? <laughs> exactly, with their that's, old age and that blame it on them. Slowness, yeah, I'll blame those two. But anyway, so that has been Ringmasters this week. Jameson, you got anything else you want to bring up? That's good. I think we we covered a lot. We covered it all. All right, and we are looking forward to Goldberg and Lesnar next week and whatever is going on on SmackDown and James Ellsworth becoming champion and everything. (laughs) So, all right, so until next week, uh, I am Grant LaFave. I am Jameson Galloway. (laughs) I'm sorry, I totally did not tell you we were going to do that. (laughs) It's the most awkward thing. But uh, anyway. The suspense of the pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're making people, you're you're building it up. Exactly. You're building it up. So anyway, follow us on Twitter, at RingmasterCMU. We'll always let you know when these episodes are coming up. Uh, they usually come up on Thursdays, uh, so expect them then at the end of the week. Uh, follow Jameson at what is it? <laughs> throwing pen, I throwing just, pens at me. I, just, uh, I gestured to you and I threw my pen across the table. I'm, I am sorry. It's okay. I'm okay. Um, it's, I'm all shot on you. It's at Jameson424 is my Twitter handle. 
and my Twitter handle is at Grant underscore Lafave. Lafave is L E F A I V E. I am sorry, man. I almost killed you with it's a okay. pen, but we're, we're gonna make it out alive today. We're good. All right, it's the end of the show. All right, so this has been Ringmasters. Have a good week, Marks.